This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I'm sitting here and I am talking to Douglas Bowes and, uh, Douglas, would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Douglas Bose. I'm the author of The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting and No Bait Just Bears, the creator of uh, the Ultimate Predator Calls app for Android and iOS. Um, just kind of a, a an average family guy in uh, based in Washington who enjoys hunting bears and has the honor of being on this podcast today. Awesome. So I got to ask you, like, what, uh, how, how did the whole bear hunting book start? Where did, where did the journey begin and how did it take you to that point? Um, well, so it started kind of by happenstance. Um, like a lot of people, I buy a bear tag every year when I go deer hunting, um, with the hope of maybe seeing a bear and shooting one incidentally. And that's kind of what happened in my late twenties. I, uh, happened to see a bear across the uh, gully. Um, she was actually sitting on her butt, picking maggots off of a, a, a dead deer off of a cougar kill, but I didn't know she was doing that at the time. I could just see she was sitting down and, and eating stuff off of her paw. And, uh, so I raised up and I shot and, and dropped her in her tracks and I went over there and, uh, uh, she was a, a smaller bear, but she was, uh, uh, kind of an average bear, you know, about 150, 180 pounds, um, but the, the term ground shrinkage, you know, when I first saw her, I thought, oh, she's a she's a bigger bear. And I get over there and she obviously wasn't. So that term ground shrinkage was something I, I learned quick. Um, but from that, that kind of kindled my my love of bears. Like I, I 
that was the first one I had seen in the wild and I had seen it and shot it and I was deer hunting at the time. So I really had no clue on how to kind of target bears. Um, and so as, as the next season progressed, I wanted to learn more and more about bears. And so I started kind of researching them online, reading books and, um, you know, just trying to absorb everything I could about it, uh, watching Jim Shockey videos and trying to figure out how to judge them and this and that. And then, um, you know, I, I started to learn kind of what to look for. And through, through a couple of seasons, I, I became more and more aware of bearish type areas, areas that look like they hold bear and, and the sign to look for and, and the different things they do that leave clues around that aren't so obvious. Um, and I really kind of get into it and, but really got into it, uh, predator calling too. Like when I first got into predator calling, um, calling in bear was just like, instantly hooked you know um the very first time i predator call i called in a, a bobcat and a coyote on the same set and i thought you know how fantastic of a tactic this is i i instantly loved it then when i realized i could call bear in, i was i was more hooked um and from that uh where where i hunt where i live in the state of washington you can't hunt bears with bait or dogs so it's all spot and stock and I noticed online there was a lot of people who had questions about, hey, you know, I, I don't know how to find bear, this or that, and not just in Washington, but in general. And I thought, well, shoot, I'm just going to make kind of a, a, a brief self-published book on, on my knowledge of bears and put that out there and see if people like it. So that's where No Bait, Just Bears came. Um, I self-published that on a company called Lulu uh, Publishing, and, um, you know, it's only... I don't even think it's a hundred pages, but it's, it's just more of a, a lengthy report basically. And so I took that and I, I passed that around to some publishers. I shipped it out to um, various publishers and, and one publisher got back to me in, in New York, um, Skyhorse Publishing. And they said, Hey, you know, we, obviously we can't print this, but would you rewrite it, add a bunch of stuff to it? Um, and then we'll send it out. So of course I was like, yeah, that, you know, that's great. So um that's where the ultimate guide to black bear hunting came in uh i i added a section on baiting and um added a bunch more stuff to it some recipes and more stories and um and then they published it and put it out and and that was in 2016 september when that came out and so here we are so i i gotta ask you did you hunt when you were in your youth or was it something that started later in life and then, uh, you know, when was your first actual bear hunt? I started hunting when I was 12. Um, big game. That's when I went through Hunter's Ed and stuff like that. I had done like little hunts for rabbits and stuff when I was really young. But big game hunting, I started at 12. And I mainly just hunted deer. And I hunted them basically on the weekends. And in Washington, you only get one deer. And, you know, we only get maybe two weekends to hunt. So it's not like back east where you can get, you know, five whitetail and, you know, however many you can get. So it was very limited. Um, but I hunted with my grandpa because my dad was working lots of times. And so my grandpa would take me out with my brother and, and you know, in western Washington, it'd be downpouring and I'd have boots that were two sizes too big. And I'd be wearing cotton jeans and a soaking wet sweatshirt. Um, and so that's kind of how I started. I hunted for years and years. And then uh, I I as I got older, my dad uh, didn't have to work so much. We hunted more as a family and then started to get it into elk hunting in my uh, mid-20s. And then, uh, 
yeah, my, my late twenties is when I first got into bear. Um, and that's, that's kind of been an obsession and y- you know, the, our bear season over here, we can get two bear a year and it starts August 1st and ends November 15th. So we have a very liberal season. Um, and that's the, one of the things that attracted me to bear hunting, uh, and archery hunting, actually, cause archery, we have a long season for deer, but bear hunting allowed me to get out in the woods, uh, at an earlier time and the weather was nicer, but it allowed me to get out and stretch my legs and, and, um, be out in the woods much longer than if I just deer hunted or if I just elk hunted. Um, but I, I hunt everything. I hunt elk, deer, cougar. Uh, I just don't hunt waterfowl. That, that just doesn't interest me at, the, <laughs> at this point in time. I find it, I always want to hunt waterfowl mostly because I don't ever dedicate any time to it. So <laughs> there's always another buck or something that I'm chasing that would, you know, normally be our duck hunting season. So I tend to never actually duck hunt. If I get out, it's maybe once a year and then it seems like that's enough for me. It, oh, it, yeah. uh... <laughs> oh and, and for reference, I should tell your listeners, I'm, I'm 46 now. So I've been hunting since I was 12. And so um, I've been around the block a few seasons, not as, not as many as some, but more than enough. Yeah. So um, how, I mean, was there always, even when you first started hunting, was there a bear season in uh, Washington or was that something that was added, uh, you know, throughout your hunting career? Or I mean, so, when I was younger, I never really paid any attention to it. Uh, but but we had one, and and back then you could actually bait and use hounds. So when I was twelve, that was uh, that would it be in the mid eighties. Um, and yeah, you could you could use bait and hounds. Uh, but that we we never participated in that. It just wasn't something that we did. It wasn't that we were against it as a family or anything. It's just not something that we we ever pursued. Um, and then when that got outlawed in the early 90s, um, that's when I stepped into bear hunting uh, later in, in time, but not till after, uh, you know, it was banned. Um, but yeah, I know, I know that we had a season. I just never paid any attention to it. So was that uh, that sow that you shot the, that had the ground shrinkage? Was that your first bear you shot then? Yeah, she was a cinnamon bear, and she's on the wall behind me, actually. To this date, she's one of my favorite hides. She's she's like a really light cinnamon, and then when you put your hand underneath the fur and kind of lift it up, there's like a real white kind of an underwool thick because it is a fall bear and it gets cold over in eastern Washington. It has just a, a gorgeous hide on it. Um, you know, it's not the biggest bear, but um, yeah, the hide's just absolutely fantastic. I always find it's it really so fascinating hide. the different color phases and. Uh... Even even a jet black bear, you know, versus a bear that's just kind of, you know, got a little bit of like a charcoal type fur. I mean, it's just, it's interesting to see so many different phases of the colors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got a fall bear on the back of my man cave chair here, and I never realized how it, it has almost like a grizzly color to it. Um, it's not like a chocolate. It's not a, it's not a brown it's almost like a, a real light chocolate gray it's a really cool coloration um and i you know i didn't even really notice it when i shot it i noticed it when i got it back from the taxidermist i thought man this is actually a really really cool hide and it's got kind of a skunk uh red streak down the back you know that's pretty cool so, <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty neat 
So, okay. Um, out of all the bear hunting seasons, do you, do you guys still have a fall and a spring bear hunting season in Washington? I know that so that did. was in jeopardy, right? Yeah, we, we had a spring season that lasted, uh, oh, from like April till uh, mid-April till mid-June. And but that was very it wasn't over the counter. It was a special draw that you had to put in for. And they only allocated like a hundred and or they allocated like six hundred tags, six hundred and sixty. And a success rates the usual take would be about a hundred and forty bear, something like that. Um but that got canceled due to some political maneuvering. Um and we will see what happens with that. We still have a fall season, and that's over the counter. And like I say, that's, um, you know, from August till mid-November. So, yeah. Do you do you find that that's going to be in jeopardy anytime soon as well? I mean, is that the something? The fall season, that, yeah. that wouldn't surprise me at all. I honestly think so. With our Fish and Wildlife Game Commission, they are there's nine commissioners. They're appointed by the governor. Our governor happens to be kind of an environmental whack job. And not all those commissioners are that way. There's four or five. There's like there's four that are kind of um, pro hunting, and there's one that's kind of a swing vote. But the other four are, are obviously anti hunting, anti predator hunting for sure. Um, and I really think it's their goal to get rid of fall the fall bear season. I think spring bear is just kind of a precursor to that, um, because if you know if they were so concerned about about 160 bear being taken. Well, in the fall, we're taking, you know, a couple thousand um, and, you know, obviously they're going to come back and be like, well, you know, if they're concerned about 160, why wouldn't they be concerned about a couple thousand? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've been told by numerous people that like the Idaho Washington border has more bears per capita than pretty much anywhere um, in the continental United States. Is that we, kind we of have- a yeah we have plenty of bear like and oddly enough like this year judging from social media and just judging from my own going out it's been a banner year for bear like they're everywhere i'm i i've only gone out four times so far this year but i'm 75 percent seeing bear so three of the four times i've i've seen bear um the last time i was out i had four bear within a hundred yards of me, one as close as 23 yards, 20, 23 or 27, but very close. Um, I was just using my bow. Uh, I've been trying to get one with a bow, but it's very thick. So everything's got to, you know, the brush is very thick. Everything has to be perfect. Um, but the bear are just dropping like flies. Like, you know, it's, it's not overly difficult to find a legal bear over here um, to tag out on. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit then, like the logistics of, um, like, what's the terrain like um, in the state of Washington? And I mean, I know you said it's pretty thick and depending on where you're at, if you're like coastal versus more inland, I mean, coastal seems like it's almost like a a Jurassic Park type uh, jungle going on. Yeah, so, you know, Washington... I really love the state. I was born and raised here. I I can't stand the politics here. That's a whole different conversation. (laughs) But the state is very cool in that we have a lot to offer as far as terrain goes. We have coastal rainforests. We have high alpines. We have arid deserts. 
We have, you know, rolling prairie. We, we have a lot to offer. The west side of the state is very thick um, with, you know, blackberries that are, you know, eight, 10 feet tall and impossible to walk through, but they have bear tunnels in them. Um, we've got on the east side of the state, it's more arid. Um, so there's like broken up pines and rocky canyons and stuff like that, the less rain. Um, but over there, they have more color phases, which is kind of cool. So um, you, we have color phases on the west side too, but they seem to have more blondes, more cinnamons on the on the east side. Um, yeah, there's just all sorts of different terrain. There's, you know, mountains and, and just low foothills, pretty much anything you want over here as far as terrain goes. Yeah. So what do you primarily hunt in, in, in like in your home range or your range that you bear hunt the most? So my neck of the woods, I'm, I'm in Western Washington. Um, I'm only about 60 miles South of the Canadian border. Um, and where I hunt, I'm kind of hunting low land foothills as I call them, just kind of rolling hills. They're still, I mean, they're mountains to probably a lot of, uh, Midwesterners. Um, but it's it's clear cuts it's mature tree stands it's brushy uh it's thick um you know i i've had some people say oh this area is too thick to hunt not not washington but whatever state they're in oh it's it's too thick you can't hunt bear and i'm thinking man if you can hunt bear in washington you can hunt them just about anywhere it's i mean it's it can be real thick but the 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 point is is you need to you need to plan a strategy or an idea of, of how to hunt them. Yes, it's thick, but they make mistakes. You know, they, they break out into the open, they feed on edges. Um, you can find them in, in fresher clear cuts, um, uh, power line cuts, that type of stuff. So it's, it's very doable to hunt them even in this thick stuff. Yeah. So that kind of reminds me of like the state of Wisconsin and the North woods and it's, I mean, it's so gosh darn thick, just tall stands of pines and all kinds of trees like that. And it's so thick that you really can't see more than 20 yards in front of you. And I can't imagine those guys bear hunting without either hounds or baiting. I just, I can't, I mean, and especially the fact that a lot of the tracts of land aren't as large as out west. You know, so you really don't have the opportunity to explore as much and find a clear cut like that to where you can actually hunt it. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine trying to, to successfully hunt bears, you know, in the Midwest and doing that without, without those, those tools or those aids. So I, I imagine it proves difficult other than the fact that you said, you know, they make mistakes. You find them in clear cuts, crossing or whatever. Is that kind of primarily your approach to finding them or finding berries in an open area or what, what do you, what do you zone in on? I, I always zone in on the food source, um, you know, but you got to find, you got to have a shooting lane. So that's, that's the difficulty is in Western Washington, being able to find a shooting lane. Obviously I'm not shooting through brush. If I see movement, I'm not just shooting in the brush. I want a clear shot. I want a broadside shot. Um, I I've been working Creek bottoms recently, uh, because the creeks go down in the summer and bears kind of use them as highways because it's easy walking. There's water, there's, you know, there's berries on the side, there's brush, there's cover. Um, so I've been working those quite a bit. Um, 
I like to walk down old decommissioned logging roads um, that are kind of grown over. Bears will travel along those too. You know, they, they don't want to waste the calories. So if there's an easy walk, they'll take it and they can, they feed along those roads lots of times. Um, so in Western Washington, that's kind of my strategy. Um, but at, well, wherever I go, I always want to follow the food, but in Western Washington, you really got to pay attention to shooting lanes and how, how are you going to make a shot? Um, and that's where predator calling comes in as an advantage too. In, in more arid areas, you know, it's not so bad. You can, you can see several hundred yards lots of times in, in Eastern Washington, um, spot them from a great distance and then go make a play. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all of my shots for bear are like 50 yards or less, pretty much. They're all very close. The bear I shot last year was like uh, maybe 20 yards. So do you ever employ like uh, a tree stand or anything like that and just get get some elevation and, and on maybe one of those old abandoned logging roads or something like that to where you can be elevated above them and see a longer distance and try and call them in? So when I when I do... When I am elevated, I like to be kind of mobile when I'm bear hunting, or even if I'm deer hunting. I'm not a big tree stand guy. But, you know, in, in Washington and in a lot of the West, we have old growth stumps that, you know, are huge old stumps that uh, were cut down, virgin timber, and you can climb up on those and, and get a look around. Or there's uh, big stump piles from slash burn cuts, you know, where they've clear-cutted a big patch of land they've piled up a bunch of logs you can climb up on those and, and look over and through the brush lots of times so it you know if you're on the ground level it might be over your head or you know difficult to see but if you can get up 10 12 15 feet on a pile of those logs you can you can see patches you can see open areas you can see things coming um so that's what i like to do um i i it's not that i don't have the patience to sit up in a tree but i i find myself uh, definitely wanting to stretch my legs or, or whatever it may be. I just, I, I'm not <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very, very hard time, uh, especially here in the Midwest. Uh, people like to do all day sits during the rut so they can catch that deer making that mistake cruising through midday or, or late afternoon. And uh, I find it t- terrible miserable to do that and sometimes i actually have to get down and kind of stalk my way into a different area and reset up just because i can't can't sit there all day in a tree stand so i i get that feeling it's it's almost uh, unbearable at some point but i have to come up with little things to try and uh, keep myself occupied and uh, give myself rewards for every 20 minutes or half hour that i can make it yeah, I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could hack it. I mean, even last year, I mean, I get it, you know, whitetail, you gotta be, they're a whole different breed, you know, whitetail, but I, I got a whitetail last year. I wasn't in a tree stand. I was out hiking and I got a five by five by four. So that's a nine point to you Easterners. Yep. <laughs> he, had a, he had a double high guard on one side and uh, he was in the rut and he was just grunting coming up this hill that I had, I had spotted the day before and I ended up just ambushing him. But I, I, and I like that as a hunt too. Like I like being on the ground, ground level. It's, you know, it's, it, to me, that's a challenge um, because they can smell, you know, real well down there. You got to watch your wind. I don't happen to use cover scent. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like the challenge of being on the ground and close. 
Yeah, I hear you for sure. Um, so I have to ask you, is do you ever try and find a specific bear and then come back uh, and, and target that bear? Or is it mostly just kind of luck of the draw and what you come across as you're hunting? Most of the time, by the time I see a bear, it's close and, and provided it's a male or, and you know, no cubs and stuff, I'll, I'll pop it. There ha- there is one, there's this chocolate bear that I've seen a couple of times the last four years. And I saw him um, like two weeks ago um, in the same like 50 yard patch of, of brush, I'd say a hundred yards patch. Um, and he was one of the ones I was talking about earlier that when I was surrounded by those four, he was one of them and he ended up crossing the road about a hundred yards from me, but I had my bow and I squeaked at him with my mouth and I was trying to call him over and he just stopped nice broadside shot and looked at me and, uh, just kept on cruising to the next little cut and he never came in. Um, so him and I have played cat and mouse a little bit, but other than that, um, it's, it's pretty much luck of the draw for me. Yeah. What what would you recommend? Like, so obviously I've never hunted bears. And if I were to say, come to the state of Washington to hunt bears, which is a, a journey, but, um, what, uh, what would you say would be like the most forgiving or easy terrain to try and hunt for, a, you know, a new, a new bear hunter? easy hunt. <laughs> well not necessarily easy but like <laughs> t- terrain that would be you know to where it's not like uh the most challenging bear hunt you could do yeah you, you know what i mean to where to where yeah. you actually had maybe potential for success due to being able to sight a bear you know spot one or or something like that i, I would suggest the strategy of and this can go eastern washington or western washington um Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Walking those old decommissioned logging roads. So in western Washington, we have these real tall blackberries, real brushy. And in, you know, right now and till about the end of September, they're in full swing. And the bears just hammer those things. In, In eastern Washington... Um, there's plenty of old logging roads and stuff too, but that's a little bit more open. But if you find an old logging road that kind of borders a creek, um, down in those creek bottoms, they have a thing called rose hips, which is like a, a round red berry. It's kind of thorny. Um, and bears like to, to eat those. Um, and so, I mean, that's a real simple strategy. It's just taking your gun or your, your weapon for a walk along those logging roads and real slow, real quiet watching the wind. And, and trying to catch one feeding, um, that's, that's an easy hike lots of times and an easy strategy. So um, your recommendation for, for actually, you know, trying to get a bear would pretty much just be slowly stalk through the food sources. Is there a way that you e-scout or anything like that that you try and help yourself identify those ahead of time when, when you're going, going out or 
Is it kind of uh, like a home turf advantage type thing? You know, I, I've used e-scouting. That's, that's kind of how I got my 2009 spring bear. Um, I, I stumbled into an area that had a lot of bear sign and I, I went into this cut and it was slightly overgrown. It was um, probably a six or seven year old cut. So it was super thick. Uh, but I thought, well, I can't really see in here. I'm going to back out and see what I see on Google Earth back in 2009. So then I looked at Google Earth and in this patch, I could see like little teeny pockets of openings and then a real maybe like a 200 yard stretch, 150 yard stretch of a patch of green. And I thought, well, you know, I never would have saw that unless I looked on Google Earth. So I went back there. And what had happened was is bears throughout the years have stripped those trees and killed them. And they created these little teeny open pockets that were like 20 to 30 yards around. And then in the center where that long stretch was, there was a, a wider area of several trees that had been killed. And so there's like a big grassy patch right there. And there was spring bear damage all over through there. And so I ended up taking a bear right in that little patch, uh, which I um, affectionately call paradise. And um, really that's, that's my my most extent use for kind of e-scouting i i like having boots on the ground i might kind of glance at an area maybe with my onyx um on my phone and and uh, you know look at like a road and and uh, like an old logging road and okay that leads to that cut or there's a there's a swamp over here or this or that um and so it gives me an idea of kind of what's in the area or what's been in the area as far as cuts go and swamps and and, and creeks um but i I really just kind of like to explore physically and, and look and get to know what's going on. Um, so that that's me. Yeah. So when you do that and you've got your boots on the ground and you're looking and exploring, what, what are some of the things that you're taking mental note of and saying, okay, this looks like paradise to me. This looks like oh, a place that holds bears more than any other place, or it looks like bear country. Well, um, you know, scat is first and foremost. Um, if you're finding like fresh bear scat, especially fresh bear scat, that's that's a good place to start. Um, I don't I don't hunt bear in like super mature uh, stands of trees because the the undergrowth of those trees, a lot of times it's just ferns. There's not a lot of food in there. I like kind of. Uh, younger to uh mid-range clear cuts um where the where the sun's been able to reach and we got a lot of brush growing and stuff, stuff like that um you know in in eastern washington and as well as western or anywhere else you go you'll find stumps that have been ripped apart and the bears tear into them to to get to um termites or ants whatever it might be uh bees um there's there's very uh not so obvious clues of, for example, that chocolate bear, there's, there's this road that borders that clear cut that I always see him in. And he has, in fact, there's a picture of it in, my, in, in one of my books. Um, he stands up and, and bends this older tree over and snaps it over his shoulder, or at least a bear did, I should say. Um, but they do that to kind of mark their territory. It's like a rubbing tree um, and they'll, they'll snap it and bite that twig over. So, Ben, even if I'm walking along and I see brush that looks like it's been beat by a stick, you know, by a little kid, I'll stop and take a look because bears, they, they thrash that brush when they eat it. And lots of times a brush will have thorns or a stick or something, and you can find little tufts of hair. So that might tell you, 
um, you know, hey, that's a black bear or maybe it's a color phase or maybe it wasn't a bear at all. Um, I always check muddy areas. Like if I'm walking along and I see like a puddle or something, I'll be looking for tracks. Uh, very similar to, you know, deer hunting, but bear they're they're a lone animal and so you know they don't run in herds so they're they're a, a bit of a challenge in that respect um but i always tell people you know slow yourself down and pay attention to things around you um and nature will talk to you if you just take the time to listen you know yeah so when you mentioned uh like newer growth you're talking like 10 years or younger type uh type stands of timber something that's uh been fairly recently clear cut and starting to grow back yeah that's correct i mean um over here when you clear cut the first couple of years aren't so good because it's you know the the brush is just kind of starting to come in um but you know when it when it's when it's my height you know six foot or so of of tangled brush and and rough openings and stuff like that i like to hunt those um, but I mean, even in Eastern Washington, the last couple of years, we've had some monster fires burn through our national forest and you drive over there now and, and, you know, you, you talk to some people and they think forest fires, it's like a nuclear bomb went off. But in reality, lots of these forest fires, they're excellent for habitat. Once mm-hmm. they start coming back for deer and elk and everything else. And there's, there's brush that's coming in now. Um, and I think in part, that's, um, partially to thank for, a lot of these a lot of these bears getting taken is because the bear are rebounding with all this new food uh, and i think they're doing quite well yeah um yeah do do you find that like uh hunting like edges of burns or maybe like two or three year old burns where the stuff is really starting to come back and it's still young and tender especially well not in the spring for you anymore but um, like in the spring, they like, like that grass, right? Like the, the real young, sweet, tender grass. I mean, is that something that, uh, that really helps? And I'm sure even in the fall, it does too, as far as, you know, the, the edges of burns and that new young, fresh, tender growth, or even like the transition in between old and then the, the burn. Yeah, I, I definitely, so I talk about spring bear hunting in the book. Um, definitely in the spring, like, uh, for, let's say Idaho, they have over-the-counter spring bear tags. Um, you want to look for that fresh green up because that's, that's the first food that's available um, is, is fresh green grass. And so if there's, if there's an old uh, abandoned log and road cut, if there's uh, an old burn or an edge that's getting more sun than another spot, a certain side of a hill, um, south-facing slopes, uh, you want to kind of focus on, on where that green's coming. And you know, in the spring, it's almost like a neon green you know like that fresh green grass is just such a vibrant beautiful green color that pops out um bears really hit that and then you know once once it gets a little bit later in the spring other things start to come in like skunk cabbage um over here they they strip douglas fir trees and eat a cambium layer so they'll be stripping this bark and they eat this uh, a thin layer of wood underneath the bark that has kind of a sugary sap in it um there's a bunch of different stuff that they eat in the spring, but definitely focus on that green grass at first. Yeah. And, and, and along with that too, like, you know, bear scat differs throughout the year. You might see bear scat in the spring and it almost looks like horse flop. Um, you know, it looks like almost, uh, cause 
it, 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 a lot of it's grass, but it, it's not, of course, obviously it has a different shape and stuff like that, but somebody might walk by and be like, oh, you know, who knows what that is. That grass is uh, the spring bear scat. And then, you know, now, right now you, you find some spring bear scat and it looks like the inside of a berry pie. Um, it's just, it's black with seeds and it's, it just looks like <laughs> pie filling almost. So, so you know, it really varies. You just need to learn what the bear are eating in your territory for that time of year. Yeah. So let's kind of go into that a little bit more if we could, as far as like the bear scat, then like what, uh, cause that would be a good indicator. Say you're not necessarily in that, that range or that exact spot, but for some reason the bears are like, uh, traversing through an area to get to another area and you're seeing that scat that could kind of like clue you in on you know where exactly to look right i mean depending on how fresh it is no absolutely like you know i i'm always looking for scat and when i find it i'll i'll kick it or i'll stomp on it or something so next time i come around um you know if it hasn't been stomped on it means i a haven't seen it or b it's fresh or you know at least to me um i always tell people hey if you see like spring bear scat even if it's old um kind of mark that in your head because you know, in the spring, the bear are in that area and they're in there for some reason. Um, and if you're hunting in the fall, they might very well be back in that area. The, the food source might return. So, you know, uh, where I hunt bear uh, in the spring, they're there quite a bit. And then I don't really think they happen to go anywhere. Um, it's just that they start to eat different food sources come in and they start to eat berries and, and more brush as more and more things become available. So really pay attention to the different types of scat that you find and also you know if you're having a hard time figuring out what they're eating the scat will tell you like if you find a bunch of different seeds in there try to figure out what those seeds are from um you know lots of times there's cherry pits there's uh, all sorts of different seeds so kind of dissect that push on it see what you see i mean i've even found like um fawn deer hooves in in bear scat oh, wow. um, so it's yeah it's 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 interesting what scat will tell you so, and that will help you focus too um, on hunting areas. Yeah, definitely. So I, I have to ask you then, like, what do you typically see, you know, throughout the fall bear season, you know, early on versus later on? What's kind of some indicators that, that you see in the scatter, you know, that those food sources are most likely going to be hit? Um, y- you know, it depends where I'm hunting. Uh, in, in in Western Washington, it's definitely right now it's like berries for sure, because there's so many and there's no reason why they wouldn't be eating them. Um, now that the scat might vary depending on the berry that they're eating, like, but, but, you know, the blackberries are, are obvious. If I head up in the Alpine, there's, there's blueberries that are going on. And so that scat's a little bit more purple. Um, in Eastern Washington or along those creek bottoms and stuff, those rose hips, they have kind of a white seed to them. And the the poop will be almost kind of a red reddish color, um, and so that tells me that they're they're hitting those rose hips. Uh, it you know it just it just depends what food's available for them in that area. Right, right. Um, so then, I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. Like it it seems like there's so much more. Like the <laughs> their scat can tell you. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like. No, no, yeah. you're right. And you know, there, there, there's the, there's an inside argument about, well, the bigger the poop, the bigger the bear. And like, to me, there's, there's some, uh, uh, validity to that. You know, you, it stands to reason, um, you know, a 500 pound man 
would probably crap bigger than a hundred pound man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so the diameter and the, the, the amount of, of a pile of scat that can, in my opinion, opinion, um, correlate with the, the physical size of the animal. I might find a, a, a large pile and then maybe on the same road or on the same trail, a smaller pile, maybe that's a sow and a cub. But if I find a nice big round pile and it's been, you know, you find them all over the place, sometimes bears will kind of crap all around the same little area. Um, well, you definitely want to stop and pay attention. You never know when that nice brewing could, could show up, a nice boar. Yeah. Do you ever like find them? Like, I know, I know they wander around, but like, is there certain spots where they'll, where they'll try and sleep or, uh, or just kind of, do they just keep roaming and wandering and then find a new spot to kind of rest and then move on? So I, I haven't really figured out like specific bear bedding areas, um, accurately, but like, you know what I mean? But there's obviously areas that are cooler than than some areas and bears especially this time of year they're trying to stay cool because it's hot out and they have a black sweater on um so you know shaded areas areas down by creeks maybe close to a wallow i pay attention to those um there's there's some cool footage up in alaska and uh i haven't seen it a lot over here maybe it's because it's too thick but in california too like black bear pursuit he's on instagram and he's got some really good footage of like uh, bear stomp trails where over years and years and years and years bear their footprints hit the same spot in the trail over and over and over and it and you can see where they're walking and this isn't just one bear this is like you know generations of bears make these stomp trails and that's a really cool thing to check out i mean you, you you'll probably see it in california more than you would here at least in western washington but we have uh we have like bear trails like through blackberry bushes um people don't notice that but if you and it's it, you know it's it's not super huge, but it's big enough for them to walk through. And it's just like tunnels. It's just bear tunnels through these things. Have you ever um, got down on your hands and knees and tried to go through one of those bear tunnels? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I always bring like leather gloves with me because the black bears will just tear you apart. But I've, I've had to go after um, wounded or, or dead bear in the brush like that. Because when you, when you shoot a bear, they head for like the thickest cover. If they don't drop instantly, they're heading for like nasty thick um defensive cover so yeah. that's where they bolt for and then that's where you have to go um so i i even bring like uh pruning shears uh, you know hand clippers uh for gardening along with me to help blaze a trail through that stuff lots of times it's uh it's handy that way but it's definitely a gut check you know if you're crawling through uh blackberry briars um just big enough to fit through and you're looking for possibly a wounded bear that that can uh put you <laughs> on edge <laughs> So what's the longest you've ever had to crawl through one of those bear tunnels like that? Um, let's see. You know, my brother, he shot a bear years ago right at dusk, and but he had to work the next morning. So what happened was is he shot it. He thought he killed it. He went to get me, and then at, oh, dark 30 in the morning, we hiked up to where he shot. And he's like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's right down here. Here's where I hit it from. Um, and now I'm going to go to work. So he went to work. And then, so I start tracking this. I found the blood trail in this nasty clear cut. And I had to go, oh, I don't know. I had to go probably 90 yards down the hill, but it was like super thick. 
And by the time I found his bear, if it wasn't dead, it would have had me because it was only like maybe 10 feet away that I finally spotted it, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> I was able to process, process it and get it up to the road. And, and then, uh, he came back that, that evening after work and, and, you know, tagged it and everything else. And, and, um, but yeah, it was like pretty brutal. And it was, it was 90 plus degrees that day. And the mosquitoes were tearing me apart and, oh, I ran out of water. It was quite the cluster. Do you ever, but, do you ever find that like, or worry about the meat spoiling by the time you get to them? Or is that kind of not really a problem? No, I, I definitely worry about it, especially, well, especially in this heat. You know, it, um, bears seem to turn pretty quick because they're, you know, black absorbs heat. So if they're out in the sun, they are just absorbing that heat. Um, their, their fat seems to sour quicker than other types of fat, in my opinion. So to me, it's imperative to find that bear, process it, and get it cool and dry as quickly as possible. Um, I, I like to hunt in August. I do it on occasion, but I never really start seriously going after bear until kind of the beginning of september um it gets a little bit cooler i don't have to worry about it so much and you know that's something i encourage like new bear hunters too i'm like hey if if you are a new bear hunter and you've never done something before you're going to be a little bit slower at skinning and processing so don't go you know five six seven eight miles back and shoot something and then not know what to do with it or you know if you're mid 40s almost 50 and not in the best of shape, it might not be a good idea to shoot one 10 miles back. It might take you a while. The meat might spoil. So, yeah. you know, find something a little more to your skill level. Um, now, I'm sure a 20-year-old won't have a problem with it, but, um, you know, bears bears spoil quick. Uh, so all depending on the temperature, you just you want to get them cooled and dried as, as quickly as possible. So that kind of falls into the expectations versus harsh realities uh, realm of... Uh, of uh knowing your limitations then yeah you know i'm not the type of guy even with deer i'm not the type of guy to put the entire deer in my backpack or the the entire bear in my backpack i would rather take a couple of trips just so i don't tweak an ankle or tear an acl or you know something like that yeah i'd rather walk twice as far than carry twice the weight so i break it up um and i hunt kind of within my limits like I, i and i'm not telling people to take the easy route out i'm just saying like for the benefit of the animal you deserve it the, the animal deserves it um to have your best effort but also be realistic about it and and to get it out in time yeah. so you know like the bear i killed last year he was only a mile and a half from my truck um but i got him out you know it, it just took a little bit of time what's the average weight of like bears out uh out in washington as far as you know, I would, size. Say like, I would say like your average bear out here is probably 180 to 200 pounds. Um, but they, they get bigger. You know, if you find a 300 pound bear out here, that's a nice, nice bear. Now, every bear on the internet is 300 pounds. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that at least, yeah. um, but I don't think they all are. So, you know, I would say, you know, like an average 200 pounder bear, um, you know, they get some bigger ones, uh, but yeah, that's about the size. Yeah, which which wouldn't be terrible to make two trips then, you know. No. Yeah. No. That's not I mean bad. those those hides those hides get heavy, believe it or not. Yeah, that's true. Like on a deer, you're not really I mean, unless you're uh 
got a real nice trophy or something, you're not actually packing out that hide unless you want to do something with it. You know, yeah. so when I when I quarter them up and carry them out, normally I do carry out, I carry out the whole deer, but I'll just take, you know, the skull with me or whatever and the rest of it stays. So that way I yep. can lighten the load. And I, I do, I do tend to take it all out with me though. One trip. I, I'm I'm one of those that I'd, <laughs> I'm a little bit opposite, but maybe it's just because I'm a little stubborn, a little bit younger still. But uh, I, I tend to hate to make a second trip if I don't have to. I think part of my problem is, is I backpack in a lot and then I, I'm like, well, I've got camp and I've got this deer. So I, I'll take like camp and then, you know, a hindquarter and a shoulder and a back strap and then come back for the rest type of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I totally although, get it. You know, yeah. Last year I got lucky. I had my 18 year old. Well, not the last year, but the year before I had my 16 uh, year old son at the time. So he, he had to carry a lot of it too, which was perfect. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, that's awesome. Um, is is there anything else that would kind of be a, a really big piece of advice or what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give somebody if they were uh, bear hunting as a beginner? Uh, you know, have perseverance and patience. And when I say that, I mean, you want patience in your shot. So some states, it's not illegal to shoot a sow with cubs. It's frowned upon, like in this state. Currently, it's not illegal. Um, but in Alaska it is. So you, you know, that's the good thing about hound hunting and, and baiting is that you have lots of time to make sure that you're not shooting a sow with cubs. And it's important that we don't shoot sows with cubs because we want the species to flourish. And I don't know of an ethical hunter who would do such a thing, especially on purpose. Um, so patience with that patience with tracking bear do not bleed necessarily like a deer or an elk they have fat and long hair and that plugs up entry and exit wounds it's it's very common to hit a bear and to have a decent blood trail for a short time and it'll peter out pretty quick um not every time but you know lots of times i i've i've ran into that on several occasions so i have patience and tracking don't just look for blood don't just think if the blood ran out that you do that the bear's fine bear will when they're hit they will hide like a tick under a log or rocks wherever they can get to to hide from you and it's very easy to walk by them because they ball up you know they don't have a big rack keeping them up and that you can spot they're, they're dark they ball up kind of small um think how big you are and think how big you can ball up and, and hide in a house or something, you know, they, they do that. So have patience with that. Take the time and learn how to track, you know, you want to look for busted branches and overturned leaves and, and all sorts of stuff. My, my 2009 bear, I didn't find him until the next day. Um, I, I hit him kind of back. I hit him in the stomach. Unfortunately, um, he ran almost a quarter mile, I think from where I shot him. But the only reason I found him at, me and my brother went back the next day to search and search and I was about giving up and I said well I'm just going to walk the spur road and see what happens and I was walking that spur road and I looked off to the right and I found a bare footprint in the mud that led across the road so I followed it across the road into the swamp and there he was laying down um so have have patience with that and perseverance with that um you got to take your time and and be mentally tough not give up. No, I think that's great advice. Uh, Douglas, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge. Uh, 
and uh, it's always interesting to hear hear people talk about uh, new things that I haven't done or or want to learn more about and be able to share that with people. So that's always wonderful when you can uh, share that knowledge with not only just me, but everybody else is listening. And uh, where can people find you if they want more information or find your books or get in touch with you personally? Where, what, where can they do all of that? Um, I, I've got two social accounts. You know, I'm on Facebook. My name's just Douglas Bose, B-O-Z-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Bows and Bears, my last name, B-O-Z-E and Bears. Um, they can find my books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Some Cabela's carries them in, in stores. You can find that uh, Ultimate Predator Calls app, which is like recordings of me predator calling. There's like 14 sets, and you can push that from your phone to a Bluetooth speaker. So you can have an e-caller for five bucks instead of spending a couple hundred, um, which is a, a nice little app, I think. In fact, just this week, we've had I've had people call in cougar and wolves and uh, uh, bear all just this week with that app. So if it's legal in your state, um, I would encourage you to check that out if you're curious about predator calling. Um, but yeah, feel free to hit me up on, on any of those. I'm happy to chat bear. If, if people are having a hard time, um, I'll, I'll give them what tips I know and hopefully point them in the right direction. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Not a problem. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment when you go out there and the fish are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at hawks cave Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.